Podcast. Every podcast that becomes spiritual focused is one more podcast, like a light in the sky, a, a, a star shining from above. And the more of those that happen, the more connected, the more awareness we have, we're sharing knowledge, we're helping advance each other and advancing each and every one of us on the planet at the same time because of the connectivity we have with one another. And because when you deal with desperate times, you're going to have spirituality kind of be a guiding, like a lighthouse. Welcome to the Cosmic Love Antenna Podcast. This podcast is meant to encourage you to connect within so you can share your light with the world. And now, here's your host, Harrison Ma. Harrison Ma. Harrison Ma. Welcome, beautiful beings, to another episode of the Cosmic Love Antenna. You have found yourself on another week, another deep dive into all of the layers restricting health, alignment, and love, where I, your host, Harrison, as always with the beautiful guests that I get the privilege and the gratitude to bring to you, are here to help you connect into your inner expression so you can step out into the world with your beautiful, loving light. And uh, today is no is no normal episode it is it is a normal episode but we're going to go deeper into more things intuitive and more things mystical more things spiritual but before i get to that before i get to the powerful man i have on the show today as always beautiful listeners out there in the podcast world if you get a bit of value out of this chat today you can do a couple things to support the show you can share this out with your loved ones with your friends with your family we're going to be talking about a lot of intuitive spiritual topics today and I, in my opinion i think this needs to be talked about more and more so share it with people that you love leave your reviews on apple and spotify and again remember that if you're looking for more tribe more community you can now join the cosmic love antenna facebook group all, all the details in the chat but with that i want to introduce the beautiful jason zook jason is a powerful intuitive he is a psychic medium he's an attorney he's a fellow podcaster and he's a beautiful just to be honest a beautiful loving calming energy that i've had the pleasure of already connecting with today what we're going to do is we're going to talk about what it means to be a social intuitive to be a to be a psychic medium what does this mean what does it mean to be comfortable with your gifts sharing them with others being open using your dreams to connect into your gifts helping others connect into theirs and so much more Mr. Jason, welcome to the Cosmic Love Antenna. Thank you for that amazing intro, Harris. I appreciate it. I uh, I love the I love the name of your podcast. It's just such an upbeat title. Like if someone was to tell me what you're doing today at four o'clock my time, and I said that I was going to be on your show, and I gave the title of your show, they'd be like, "I want to hear all about that." That's an amazing title. Like it's just really cool, and I, I appreciate you having me here. Uh, to share our conversation with your audience and my background and all that. And I'm just really excited to have our, our discussion. Well, first of all, Jason, I received the love. Thank you. Uh, this the cosmic love antenna is still growing, still expanding. And I hope one day it does become a normal thing, right? So I, I, I like it that it's very out there and strange at the moment, but for me, well, when I talk about love and we'll get into it today, you know, if it was a normal thing, if it was a normal conversation, I think the world would be a very different place. But um, we'll, we'll we'll get into that, Jason. So <clears throat> I guess where I want to start, and this is where I start with all my guests, is I've had the pleasure of getting to tune into your energy a little bit, but everyone listening, this is their first time hearing your voice. And 
while I think the present moment is the moment that matters most, you know, a little bit of background does help to allow an audience, allow a group of people to connect into who you are. And I think what I like to know more about is, you know, there's usually an event or a series of events that leads someone into the work that they're doing or where they are in this moment. So Jason, I'm wondering if you could explain, you know, what was that event? What was that pain teacher that led you to be the beautiful man doing the beautiful work that you're doing here in the world today? Thank you so much for that question. I'll, I'll, I'll say it like this, uh, August 12, 2004, my grandfather passed away and he helped raise me as my father, basically as a father figure. Cause I came from a single parent family and I grew up with my grandparents. And so I live in Florida because my grandparents retired here when they moved from New Jersey. And I used to see my grandfather all the time. The night he died, I had a premonition seven years ago that the night he dies, I, the night he died, I'd be by myself with no one to console me. And that actually happened seven years before he died. I was by myself in Wisconsin covering a deposition for my old boss at the time, my first year law job. And my mom called to tell me when I got straight into the hotel room there that my grandfather had just passed. And so I kind of collapsed on the bed and I just, it was dark at that time of night. And even though it was central standard time, an hour behind where I am in Florida. And, uh, I, I just kind of sunk my hands on my head and I thought, oh my God, my premonition came true. You know, this is crazy. And Jason, let me interrupt super quick. Cause I, I, I want to, what I think this is, cause you shared the story with me before. And I can't wait to, for you to keep sharing this with everyone listening. You, before this point, other than the premonition in terms of your spiritual gifts and your abilities, they were pretty much closed off at this point. You were very sort of well, left brain. Would right. you describe yourself as that? I would love to. Yeah. And you know what? It's a good point. You bring that up. I, I knew as a kid that I had some type of thing that I had deja vu moments. I mean, I grew up in the late seventies aging myself right now. My grandmother was a very uh, highly effective psychic. She just never told anybody. My mom discovered she's a psychic two years ago from sitting on an airplane with me and I was reading someone who sat between us. So yes, in the context of where I was back then in 2004, I wasn't completely aware that I could do mediumship and, and the psychic stuff I do now. Uh, we are all on a journey, as you know. And that was the start of my journey. And that was the night when my grandfather passed away. Um, I used to get vibes. So like I would have a few drinks when I went out socially with law school friends. And I would just start telling, like I told one of my buddies, hey, you should pay attention to your girlfriend. I think if you leave town, she's going to have a condom wrapper in the bathroom and you're going to find out about it. And then two weeks later, he calls me up with a the dilemma is she, he was out of town. He comes back. There was a condom wrapper in the bathroom. And he's like, how did you know that? And I go, I don't know. <laughs> so it's kind of like that. But getting back to August 12th. So, yeah, I had little little hints, but I never it's like the confidence thing. You know, if you're not confident with yourself and you don't realize that that's something you know how to do. And, and a lot of times when people don't know if they're intuitive or not, it, it, like my mom, she just discounted everything she got. She, she was having psychic things for her whole life. And it was 73 years old when she finally said, you know, I think I might be getting something here. Yeah. So well, that Jason, boils let me jump in there. So I think, and I want to, I want to keep, I want to hear what happened when, cause there's more to this story with the grand grandfather and we'll come back to that. But this is, you know, this is, you talked about the name of this podcast and, you know, one of the intentions of this podcast and also why I wanted to have you on the show today is to really help with this, you know, this little mission that I have to make what happened with your mum, you know, not a normal thing, right? Unfortunately, we live in a society where the conversation that we're going to have today 
is not normal, right? This is like, <laughs> this is a- this For me is, it is, but yeah, you're right. You're, yeah. right. you're right, you're right. Yeah, and it's because there's just so many, and this is probably just another chat for another time, but there's just so many systems at play in the world that create a kind of person that forgets their power in all ways, but especially their psychic, their spiritual. Their, we limit you know, ourselves. Yeah. We limit ourselves with self, you know, so, limiting beliefs and ideas and whatnot. Yeah. And I, so I, I hear about your mom and, you know, I, I, I feel for her, but unfortunately she's the norm, right? She's the, like waking up later. Keep, Jason, keep going with what happened with your grandfather. Okay. So I'm in the, I'm in the hotel room. My grandfather just passed and I sat there thinking my premonition, oh my God, this came true. And then all of a sudden orbs of light came into the hotel room. And it lit up the room and they were swirling like these three circular, four circular orbs of light and it lit up the entire room. And then a wave of unconditional love washed over my feelings. And my grandfather came to me. When I say came to me, he basically spoke to me without speaking in the spiritual way they talk telepathically, whatever. He said, son, I love you. Don't worry about me. I'm always going to be with you. Go get some food for yourself, son. I love you. Go get some food. So I didn't cry. I didn't have any emotions. Like I always thought I would have with this spiritual experience. It was kind of like, I went from being like, Oh my God, my grandfather's dead. Oh my God. My premonition to realizing that he was the one to console me, which I didn't know seven years earlier. So I go to a Panera bread. I rented a car. I go to Panera bread. I'm having my dinner. It's later in the evening. They're about to close 45 minutes later. And one of my best friends from high school calls Tracy and she's from New Jersey. We grew up since I'm like, like 14, we know each other many years. And she goes, how's your grandfather? And I said, oh, he just died. And she's like, oh my God. She's like close to her grandparents the way I was with mine. And it's like that kind of thing in our hometown. And she's like, where are you? I said, oh, I'm in Baraboo, Wisconsin. She goes, where? I said, I had to cover a deposition for my boss. She goes, just like your premonition. I go, yeah, but my grandfather, he came to me, orbs of light. It was like an Unsolved Mysteries episode. Unconditional love washed over me. And he told me to go get food, not to worry about him. And as soon as I said all that, I sensed through the phone call that she was doubting me, but she didn't say she doubted me. I, I intuitively felt it. So I said to her, Tracy, I know you're probably doubting me right now because it sounds like it's hard to believe this story, but what if your grandmother could come through and talk to you? She was, you know, my grandmother died six months ago. So that's impossible. And I go, what if your grandmother was to say something to you? And what if she said something like, oh, well, she took you to the Poconos for six years as a child from the age of six to 12. And she used to watch you. And she would tuck you in at night and she would tell you, whisper in your ear, kiss you on the forehead, take the covers, put it up to the top of your nose and say, don't let the bug bugs bite, bed bugs bite. And she kissed you on your top of your forehead and whispered it. And she dropped the phone crying and she went into the bathroom and her future husband grabs the phone and says, what did you just say to Tracy? I said, I don't really know. I just told her about her grandmother. And then she comes out and grabs the phone and she's like, how did you know that? I go, what do you mean? She was my grandmother's the only person that knows that. And now you know that, but I didn't tell you. And I said, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just as new to this as you are. So it came that through. was my first mediumship experience. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful, sir. Um, so Jason, thank you for sharing that beautiful story and that beautiful experience. And, it, you know, I'm just listening to this and two things bubbled up that I want to share with you. First of all, you know, this the unconditional love that your, that your grandfather came in with and that swept over you. When I hear that again, just cause you've primed this, my friend, I'm going to keep coming back to the name of the podcast that that's another limiting belief that I think is really rampant in society that death is this process to be feared, to be 
to be, you know, walked away from, to be, you know, this, this buildup that we're really scared about, that it's, it's, it's going to be this horrible thing. But the more and more I, I, I interact in this world to talk to people like you, you know, connect to my loved ones and my spirit guides and angels and all the things you start to learn that one, not only is death, not scary Two, not only is death a, just a transformation rather than a ending of anything is that three, the space that, that we go out of this human experience is one that is made of love, right? It's, it's, it's the famous, uh, I think it's Ramdas quote. He says, there's nothing to fear. We have nothing to fear from death. Death is like taking off a tight shoe or a tight sock. Right. And it's, it's that ego, the human self, right. That, and we're not here to bash the ego, kill the ego, but a lot of our pain and our trauma and our resistance is in the human ego. When we die, that human ego isn't there anymore. So what, what is left? Well, what is left is that pure love, right? And and I'll tell you this, um, my theory, at least from the the readings I've done and personal experiences I've had with my own, um, I was under anesthesia when I had my cancer. After I had my cancer taken out, I had another surgery and in my, when I was under anesthesia, my grandfather came to me in a visitation then too. And it was unconditional love again. And so, yes, I can tell you from experience that when you die, if you were to think about death as like graduation, ascension, it's like we leave our physical bodies, but 99.9% of who we are goes on to spirit. And if you think of energy as constant and always there, right, then who are we to say that our spirit isn't part of nature and that our death is like falling asleep on the couch while watching TV? That's the analogy I get. It's a subtle process. When you separate from your body, it's like you said, taking off a pair of socks or taking off a shirt. It's very seamless. You don't even realize you're dead until you meet your greeter on the other side. And that's a loved one who volunteers to orientate you to let you know, yes, you're dead. And it's not that big of a deal. And yes, I know you're shocked, but an unconditional love is a big, big part of all that. By the way, Yeah. And it's, we could do a whole show on death itself. My friend, we might have to do another one talking about it, but um, yeah, I love it. I love it. And it's just, the more I learn about it, the more, yeah, there's just no fear anymore. I know this might be obnoxious to say, but when I think about it, when I think about it for myself and I think about it for my loved ones, you know, there's more excitement than anything else because it's just, you know, there's a, there's a, I've done a show on, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, my friend, but this idea of the life between lives, like the space where you were just talking about where we go to not just rest but also to plan to assess right if we talk about multiple lives we talk about what yes. we've done and then we plan what's to come and yeah it's just it's refreshing it's talking exciting. about this stuff it is i consider i consider refreshing because like you said it's not a normal thing to have in everyday society no. but when you when you embrace it and you're you're involved in it yeah it becomes a part of our lives yeah soothing uh jason let's switch here now. So thank you for that breakdown. Thank you for your, a bit of your background. I hope that gives a bit of beautiful context for who you are as a, as the beautiful soul that you are. I want to now get into this theme of the episode of really, because a lot of people that listen to me, right. We were talking about what I do for a, a, a living before we started recording. And part of what I do as a coach is really helping beautiful souls really get comfortable with their gifts, right? Not just uncover them and and start to use them, but also to remember that, you know, and just to share a little example here, I have so many people that come to see me that I'm sure you do as well, where they say, oh, I can only share my clear sentience or my clairvoyance or my seeing or my knowing 
with the people I feel comfortable with. But when I go out into public, it's like I just have to hide myself. And to me, when I hear that, one, I have love for them. But two, it's kind of like saying I only... I only use my taste buds or I only use my, my eyes with the people that I feel comfortable with, right? Your spiritual senses are as much you as anything else. Anything else. Yeah. So I guess where I want to start, Jason, is can you explain, and you've already started doing it, but maybe give us a, an overview. What are some of the senses that you embody, right? So you talk about, I, th- I have a feeling clairvoyance is a big one for you. Yeah. What- I, I, I kind of have a whole litany of all of them. I yeah. just, they just happen. Like I'll get I'll use an analogy of a 90s show here in the United States called Charmed. It's a, a weird analogy. I you remember Charmed? Do you remember Phoebe Alyssa Milano? Yeah, yep. me too. When she would grab an object and have a premonition vision, or she would be like talking to somebody and all of a sudden a glimpse of something pops in her head. I have that too. I get those kind of things that happen. And when they happen, I pay attention to them because I'm in tune to them. But then I also get visitation dreams, which have actually manifested to something physically real here in response to something I wanted on my birthday many moons ago about my grandfather. Uh, I had, I'd wished that I had his last birthday card and then he came to me in a dream. And then I basically found the card two hours later on my birthday. But um, in, in reference to what to expect with this stuff, I mean, the way I look at it is it's, it's, it's a, it's a relationship that we have to one another. And when you think about psychic senses, I say there's five, there's more probably than five psychic senses because we don't have the knowledge yet to quantify what it means to be psychic, what it means to be spiritual. Our technology hasn't caught up with it. And one of the analogies I'll give is if, and I was just kind of doing this for something else that I was talking about, visitation dreams, a concept of it, is if 150 years ago, we were able to go back in time and sit down with our ancestors, wherever you want to be on the planet and tell them, well, in 150 years, you're going to have this little device called an iPhone and you're going to be able to FaceTime with each other and you're going to have this and you're going to have that. People would think, what are you talking about? Because they didn't have the concept for it. That's how I feel our humanity is with its understanding of psychic, spiritual relationships. Because that's what it really boils down to. We have relationships with our deceased loved ones. Love, which I know you value and I value, it's the umbilical cord that ties us to one another here as well as in the afterlife. And if you think of the concept of we are all one, it's very simplistic, but it's true. We are all one. (laughs) So if you boil those things down and you say spirituality is part of nature, that when you die, it's just like breathing. And if you weren't paying attention to your breath right now until I mentioned it to you, it's because it's a natural automatic process of the body. So is death. So is the afterlife. So is birth. If I told you, do you remember the day you were born? Most of us would say no. Well, when you die, you don't, I mean, you don't plan for it. But when it happens, most people are like, that's it. That was death. Like, like if I would have known that when I was like going through all my stress in my life, I probably wouldn't have taken things as, as, as to heart, like to think that we all get this opportunity to ascend to a higher level and that we get to learn and evolve and grow. And and really, I think it's our understanding of love for one another, our acceptance. Yeah. So much in there, my friend, we could break down, but let me, I love it. I just, again, this needs to be a normal conversation. I want to go back to one of the points that you said around, you know, we don't have the technology and the understanding to really, uh, you know, quantify. And I, I would make a, a slight challenge to this. I think, I think we did, right. I, I, I believe, and I'm not sure my, I've done some shows on this, my friend that I'd recommend you go listen to if you're interested. And, you know, you look at past civilizations, 
right? Things like Atlantis, things like Lumeria, things like, you know, there's, they're just two. There's probably I love many, that. many. I right? love that stuff. Yeah. hundred percent. UFOs. And, yeah. And all that stuff. That, you know, those are examples of those, those civilizations, right? They're examples of when we did have the technology, right? When we did have the, the collective understanding and the collective uh, acceptance where people like you, people like me, people like many people listening, and they had these clear senses or this, this channeling ability or their premonitions or their visitations and dreams. I, you know, I, I, the more I read, the more I tune in, the more I have memories of these events, I realize all oh, that we were there. So I say that to, in the now, when we look at how we are advancing as a, as a collective, you know, that is there, that is really where we can go, right? We can get to the point where, you know, conversations like this, people that are having awakenings, you know, not only is it normal, but there is an infrastructure. Like, so, so for example, I'm in a mystery school at the moment and I'm, and I'm doing a mystery school where I'm learning about my gifts. I'm learning about my channel and all these things. And it, it, unfortunately this kind of school is very, again, sort of very quiet and very, you have to do a lot of work to find it. But when I project into the future, I see that that kind of school is like an option you would have like you would any other school growing up. Does that resonate with you, my friend? You know, you raise an interesting point. I know in the UK, they have schools that study this stuff more uh, concretely, more defined. Um, It makes me a little jealous that I live in the United States and we don't really have that. We have a couple of things like the Edgar Cayce Foundation and there's been studies that have been at different schools over the years. But I, I agree with you. I think this stuff needs to be legitimized. And if there's anything the last few years have shown us, when you're spiritual, you could serve a great value to people just like any other opportunity, right? Because we're human. We go through our own depression, anxiety, mental health, whatever, even me, even you. And it's funny because I'll go through those moments and then I'll come on an interview with you or I'll give a reading. And I'm like, I'm like two different people. I'm the person that channels the information, but when I'm by myself, I'm still that inner child that needs to cultivate or need, you know what I mean? We have our own insecurities. It's, it's all inside of us. And just because I might be intuitive doesn't mean I don't deal with the same things like anyone else. You know, we all deal with these challenges while we're here. I feel like I got like a Cliff Notes version, an abbreviated version of how to understand things spiritually because of all the experiences I've had with synchronicity, with meditation, with being able to let go and forgive my dad, who I never knew, but I forgave him after he died because he kept coming to me in dreams, asking me for forgiveness during the pandemic. And I was like, you know what? Yes, I'll do that. And I learned that's a superpower. When you can let go, release old energy that weighs you down and turn that into love with somebody I'd never had a loving relationship while they on this earth for 66 years, but then they die and I go through COVID pandemic like everyone else. And, and I grew from that. And now I have the only picture of my dad that's actually out in my house which for many years I ran away from it. It's a, it's a paradigm change and letting go and forgiving is a massive way for us to become more spiritual within ourselves. Yeah. You're, you're speaking, Jason, this is why, you know, another goal of, of sort of the, what I do in this world, this is why this spiritual conversation needs to be a holistic conversation, right? We aren't just spiritual beings. We are with all these gifts, all the things we're talking about, but we also have a mental and emotional and a physical component inside of us, right? And what you're talking about with all those emotions, the trauma and the pain, right? This is why spiritual bypassing can be so challenging, right? When we when we spend all day on our on our mats, our pillows, connecting into our spiritual senses, 
But then at the same time, we're ignoring, you know, people in our lives that are passing away, the grief, the anger, the shame, the guilt, then we're only doing one part of the story, right? We, we need to take that spiritual insight, that spiritual power and channel it through our emotional pain, our, our, our mental programs that need to be rewritten. So we become a powerful holistic being rather than just a spiritual being, right? I love that. You're right. Jason, I want to, I really want to get your thoughts now on, you know, the man that I'm talking to, you're very confident, you're very energizing, you're very, you know, within yourself, you're very aware of yourself, but, you know, I'm sure that wasn't always the case. And I, what I want to ask you for people listening for, for, for someone listening who is starting to awaken to their gifts, right. And starting to really see what their power is through their senses, whatever is coming through them. How, what tips would you advise for someone to start getting comfortable with all of their beautiful, you know, whether it's clairvoyance, whether it's premonitions, whether it's clairaudience, whatever their gift is, how, what tips would you give for being comfortable in the quote unquote, you know, normal reality in our 3d world? Yes. Um, my spirit guides would have me write down <laughs> as you were starting your question. I wrote, don't have self doubt when you start your journey and don't be afraid of your journey. Those are two lessons that I learned. And also don't be ashamed. Like I, because I'm a lawyer licensed in five states here in the United States, I automatically assigned that I couldn't be a psychic medium who's open about it because I'm licensed in these really conservative areas of the United States and people would judge me for it. Right. And so I, I was, a, I was afraid of it affecting my day business, my day job as a lawyer that shifted over the last 20 years. And in fact, now I find this more gratifying than the law practice because, you know, what I did as a lawyer is I help people with insurance claims. And one of my clients that I do psychic stuff with, she's a returner. She said, you know, I'm so grateful you're not fighting to get roofs on people's houses. While that's important, actually helping people with their spirituality with this pandemic and everything that's happened is that much more valuable. And, you know, when she said that to me, I never thought of it that way. But what I thought to myself was this gives me meaning and purpose that I questioned for so long in the last few years. And so one of the things I'll say is if you have your gifts and you have, you know, intuitive abilities, I think everyone has them. I know everyone has them because there's no way so many people have these connections and these synchronicities and these things. But I would just tell, tell anyone, don't fear it, embrace it. And I'm happy I embraced it when I did. I had one of my best friends pop into my life who became my best friend, Megan, who I'm uh, on my other show with psychic visions was launching this summer. She, she met me at a wedding and she's like, I, I know you're a psychic. Um, I love hearing you on this show that I had, you, you know, I heard you on and I'm psychic too. And I'm going to help you with where you need to go. And the irony is she, she said every word she said she meant, and she's done. <laughs> she's impacted my life because now I'm an open psychic. I'm a podcaster that talks about this stuff. It, I wouldn't have done that without her little nudge. So one of the other things I'll say is if you get someone that comes into your path, and they offer you guidance, support, accept it. Don't be afraid of it. Don't shun the person because those people are being sent to you for a reason. Yeah. Well, powerful points. So, so a couple of things here surface for me. It's funny how you say guides, your guides come in. I, I think it's sort of similar, similar for me. It's less guides, more uh, my channel and my divine presence, but same sort of thing. I, I get, I get downloads when you express things that, that I'm excited about. And I think two things here are important to hear from what Jason is saying. You know, I look back at the pandemic and 
especially in the US, I know this is a statistic, you know, it's, it was the highest amount of people quitting their part-time jobs, right? Because they finally had the, they finally had the time, they finally had the time to reflect and see, oh, this, this thing that I've been doing for X amount of years isn't really aligned with me, isn't really, you know, open to my heart, to my mission, my passion. So, you know, I just, I say this to people listening, Again, remember that these gifts, these abilities, they are you just like anything, just like your vision, your normal, your physical, your touching, your tasting, they are you. And when you take a choice that is embodying them, that is embodying more of you in this reality. But the other point with this beautiful person that came into your life, I think a lot of us, myself included, along this spiritual awakening journey, loneliness is a really big component that occurs right? Because we, we start to shed the layers and part of shedding the layers is actually the external layers too, the friends that we've attracted. But I just want to highlight this and Jason beautifully outlined it in his experience. When we go inwards, in this case, connecting to our gifts, that, that energy expands outwards as well, right? So the state in which we attract from changes, so in the act of accepting ourselves, i.e. our gifts and our abilities, that frequency attracts someone else at that level, right? So I don't want to, see your, I want to hear your thoughts on this, my friend, but I, just, I say this for people who feel lonely along the awakening process. It's, it's, not a, it's not an if, but a when you attract someone that is at your frequency. You know, there's an interesting context. I want to share this with you because from my own personal experience, we all have our own journey. Yeah. When anyone meets what's called a twin flame, I've met what I believe is my twin flame. Um, it makes you really feel lonely because what happens is out of the blue, you meet somebody and you have this connection that you can't even describe it and they can't describe it, but you think about each other all the time. And what happens is with the twin flame journey is basically you develop this amazing honeymoon period where you're like, I can't believe this. How did this happen? How do we connect? And I just get you and you get me. And then one of the two people who's least spiritually developed runs and they generally will ghost you and they leave you alone. And I had that happen to me at the height of the beginning of the pandemic. So not only was I ghosted by somebody that I know I had a strong connection with on a spiritual level and on everything, like you, you just can't describe the connection, but you also have to deal with what's called the dark night of the soul, which it's like. When you're in a twin flame dynamic, it's almost like you need a twin flame support group to understand it. And I'm well-versed in this stuff. One of my ways of dealing with it, I got several twin flame experts to come on my show, read their books, ask them questions. Um, I'll say that in terms of the context of being lonely, because I've been single for three years and I've gotten to a point in my life where I accept where I am. When people ask me on Valentine's Day, oh, it's so bad. You're not dating anyone. I said, I'm dating myself this year. Like I remove the stigma or the barriers because for me, it's more important that I find a connection that is valid and real, like a twin flame showed me than it is to settle for the run of the mill person that you just don't have a connection with, you know? And so what I'll tell your audience or anyone about the, the experience of being lonely, loneliness helps us to look inwards and to look at our greatest fears, inadequacies, insecurities, whatever that is. And if you do it right, you'll learn to get past that. You'll, you'll learn to venture outside of your comfort zone and um, embrace that loneliness is just a condition. It's not a destination. So 
you know, I was sick this week and I felt lonely. It was 4th of July and I'm sitting in and I'm sick, but it was a, a temporary condition because here we are in the middle of the week and I don't feel lonely at all. So it, it really has to do with your mindset, I believe, and not to take yourself so seriously sometimes. Jason, I want to share something with you, a tool that I use. It's funny when you said uh, you've been single for three years, uh, I can relate to that experience. <laughs> and uh, it's something that I've started using that's really helped me with this and really connected me into the spiritual uh, nature of connecting to a soulmate and attracting in someone that you connect with. That's, you know, I don't want to say perfect, but is someone that ticks a lot of your boxes that you deserve, right? And it's called uh, Yogananda's Soulmate Prayer. Have you heard of this before? I have not, no. Yeah. So it's basically, you can look it up. It's, it's people listening, just search it, Yogananda's Soulmate Prayer. But basically what you do, and I do this every morning, is you connect in meditation, you put your hands on your soul and your heart, and you say, dear soul, through the, through, dear soul, please connect me through the, the sacred union of the soul. Please bring me someone that is aligned with my, with my heart space. Please bring me through the, through the soul, through the connection of the soulmate's prayer, bring me someone that is aligned with my heart, with my soul. Right. I'm paraphrasing here. You, you make it your I own. I love that. You make it your I love own. That. But then the important part, and this is like the affirmation at the start is, is part of it, but the most important part is what you do is you visualize and you say what you're bringing to the relationship. Right. So now what you're doing, like any sort of affirmation and, and abundance thing, you, you say what you're bringing. So the universe then has to respond. Right. So you say, so for me, for example, I talk about what, what are the traits that I love, right? I am I'm a very spiritual person that has spiritual gifts, right? I'm, I'm very emotionally intelligent. I have a business, right? I've, I put nutrition first, all these things. So then that is outlining the person that you are attracting in. Does I love that, that. How does that resonate for you? So That's very clear. And, and I agree with you. I believe that when, like, for example, if you're hung on somebody from the past and you're like, oh, I wish my ex contacted me. Oh, I wish my ex contacted me. And you put that attention out there. Yeah. You're not going to have new energy coming in. But if you say I'm at peace with the past, I love my life. I love the universe. I'm open to receiving anything being sent to you, to me from the universe. That's when you'll be surprised how much new energy comes in, new friends, new loved ones, whatever it is, reconnecting with some old people that from your past, you might have not even realized you've been separated from. The, the energy flows that way. And I believe that's a natural out, you know, uh, direct result when you put the proper intention and manifestation into something. And I think that's what you just showed us an example of, and I'm going to start using that. Yeah. Let me know how it goes, my friend. I'm I will. Exci- I'm I excited. Will. Uh, so let's, let's switch here now. So I want to go back to something you said before about when we use our gifts, right. And now I want to make this very clear. We've talked about this throughout this chat, but I'm going to, put a little underline under it here in this moment, this spiritual gift conversation, you know, Jason being a psychic medium, me with the gifts that I connect into, this is not an us thing. This is an everyone thing. We all have clear senses. We all have these spiritual gifts that are waiting for us to tap into. But you mentioned before, sir, how when you share your gifts with other people, through your mediumship, through, you know, whatever the dynamic is, not only does it help them, but it also in instances inspires them to awaken 
their own gifts. Can you speak to this point? Because I think a lot of people listening, they, they sometimes feel like people like you or people like me, we're something different, but we're really not. (laughs) They call us woo woo in the United States when you're psychic and intuitive. Uh, I will say this, when it comes to sharing your gift, um, a lot of people I've done readings with, you know, start off skeptical. And over time, when they read with me a few times, one of the gifts I can do is I can look at someone's energy and tell them, like, I look at your energy and I see you as an intuitive empath. I see you as somebody who's strong with helping people come in, uh, come into terms with their emotions and you guide them through emotional hangups and baggage to get them to a better place so that they could be in a better receiving position when they're ready to be in that next connection for themselves. That's one of the things you're really good at. And I also think you're very good at communicating effectively and that you have the ability and the capacity to use your intuition to help get people past their blocks. Mm. And so I will tell you that. And then I'll talk to people when I read them and I'll tell when people tell, when I read people and I can tell that they're an empath, they're highly sensitive uh, they're a medium as well, but they don't realize that the dreams are having are actually visitation dreams. I'll just blurt that stuff out and not even think about it. But for someone I'm talking to, that's like this big moment for them. And I don't even realize it because I've had these moments for, you know, 20 something years, but for other people, that might be the start of their, that might be the catalyst. That might be their aha moment. I had those aha moments myself, the awakening. Yeah. And it, and you know, spiritual awakenings don't happen sometimes overnight. Like mine lasted 10 years. And you know, what was the real moment for me that I finally came to grips with everything and not be afraid of being a psychic medium, being a lawyer was when I realized it's not about me. It's not about my ego. It's not about my fears. When I can see that I can help somebody when I was running away from, from this part of my life. And I would sit on an airplane to fly somewhere for a deposition for my legal job. And I'm sitting next to a woman who's grieving her daughter and she's flying to go, you know, close out the house where her daughter lived. And her daughter pops in to tell me, let her know to take the seascape with her. And I'm 33,000 feet in the air going, what do I do with that? So I waited and then she brought up her daughter and I was like, oh, you know, I bet your daughter, something about a seascape. And as soon as I said it, it was like, I spoke a magic language to her. She's like, how did you know that? My daughter is the only person that painted that seascape. When she went through her divorce, she came to the house in North Carolina and she painted the seascape. And I said, yeah, your daughter wants you to take it home with you. And Three weeks later, she had my business card. Three weeks later, I get an email showing the seascape, her posing with it, thanking me, how my conversation with her on the airplane put her entire trip in focus instead of her feeling bad about her daughter being dead. Mm -hmm. Now she realizes her daughter's still with her. And while she was cleaning out the house, she kept talking to her daughter. (laughs) And she said she felt her daughter guide her through the house. Like, you can't make that stuff up. And this is it's bigger this, than us. Yeah, this is the point, Jason. This is so I think that that story highlights it beautifully. It's you know you talked about the word ascension before, and I think there is this limiting belief even within the spiritual community that ascension is a one man thing. Like I'm over here, Harrison. I'm ascending to this space, and Jason's just down there doing his stuff. No, you know it's called unity consciousness for a reason, right? I cannot ascend unless you ascend, right? Unless we ascend together, right? I'm sure you've experienced this maybe with when you connect to mediums and, and, and um, angels and, you know, higher frequency entities, they very rarely come by themselves, right? They're usually in groups, right? Or parts of groups. And that's not a coincidence because, you know, the, the higher that we expand our consciousness, 
the more it becomes a group thing rather than a me, 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 separate individual ego thing as your collective whole, yeah, as a collective whole. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's wonderful. So many little tangents here we could go off on, my friend. But I let I want to I want to go back. I want to hit now on another topic that I uh, you've mentioned a couple times, and I want to dive into it because for people regular listening to the show, I've done a lot of part of my work in the world when people come to see me is talking about their dreamscape, right? Talking about the place that they go at night. And I've actually done a show on, you know, using the dreamscape to heal. I've done a show on lucid dreaming, but what you've talked about here today is this idea of visitation dreams. And again, just a summary for new people to the show. I I believe that most of what dreams are right. They're a, from a psychological mental health perspective, they are the unconscious speaking to the conscious mind through symbology to help us with challenges in our waking state. However, there is a big part of the dreams that is a, there's a spiritual component. And you've been talking about this type of dream that is a visitation dream, Jason. So can you, can you explain what that is? And we'll, we'll dive deeper into it. While you were saying that I wrote a couple of notes and, um, when I wrote visitation dreams just now, I always say it like this, the veil between our 3d world and the afterlife is thinnest when we're asleep. Yes. And the reason I know that is based on the prevalence of visitation dreams, which are simply in simple terms. Uh, when our deceased loved ones can appear in a dream to comfort yep. us, reassure us or guide us. And I've had a lot of experiences with these dream type of dreams where it's like, if you were to think of looking at a, a pixel TV and like, a black and white TV from 30 years ago, that would be our 3D reality. A visitation dream could be 8,000 K. It's like all your senses just pop and you, you will feel these experiences that words don't necessarily adequately describe because we don't normally have these experiences. And there's people who I know will go to South America and do ayahuasca to try to get a spiritual experience. I would tell you, you can do it on your couch, literally. If you meditate the right way and you raise your vibration the right way and you understand it's all being a part of nature, it's kind of like astral projection, meditation. Those things aren't that different from each other. Neither is daydreaming, by the way. So many people, when I ask people, do you meditate? Oh, I don't meditate. I can't do that. I don't know how to do that. Have you ever daydreamed? Yeah, that's a form of meditation. And it's like trying to tell people that and getting them to understand that it's a uh, it makes it so when it comes to visitation dreams, you might be worrying about finances. You might be concerned about your career. Am I going to get the job I need? And you might have that stress like on the brain a lot. And our deceased loved ones watch us. We're like their reality show. Yes. So when they watch us and they see us stressing about these things that they know we don't need to be stressed about, they'll come in a dream. But they're not going to come in the dream and say, don't worry about your job, son. I love you. They'll be like, hey, son, I love you. Um, or it could be an image of someone dancing. It could be an image from a movie that you remember with your grandfather or your, your father, or it could be butterflies. It could be a various number of things. So these messages are, when, when they happen in our sleep, they're visitation dreams. They also happen while we're awake, but we don't pay attention most of the time because we're not in that mindset to look for it. I'll say when you are open to look for it, like with visitation dreams, I encourage people to keep a dream journal, have a notepad by the bed. And if you start having some pretty interesting dreams, write them down. So you remember them the next day and then reflect on it and journal it and think about it. And when you process these things and you spend the time investing it in yourself to, to really 
become one with it, you're going to not be afraid and you're going to be able to kind of take a step back and zoom out. And when you zoom out, you'll see that we are spiritual beings living in physical bodies in a 3D world. And if you look at it as part of nature and visitation dreams are part of nature, it kind of, to me, makes sense that we would have them because if our deceased loved ones can watch us and guide us, then why wouldn't they pop in a dream when we're worried about our finances? But you got to look at it within the context of when you went to sleep, what were you thinking about? What's been on your mind? Because if you're able to peel that back, peel back the onion, so to speak, you'll start realizing that our loved ones communicate with us in a spiritual Morse code type of thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm just, there's so much joy moving through me, sir, because again, for pe- regular people, listeners of this podcast and what I do in the world, you're affirming a lot of the work that I do. And I, a couple of things I want to share here. So first of all, this idea of the dreamscape being the not real reality, right? I would refer people to look up the term Maya, right? And Maya is the great illusion. And it's not the great illusion that is the dreamscape. It is the great illusion that is the waking state that we're in right now. And you talked about how when we daydream, we connect to that same space that we go to at night. And I would take it a little bit further. You know, we all of us, we've talked today about how many of us have these belief systems and these collective perspectives in the world that keep us small, right? Keep us disconnected from our power, right? But that paradoxically is the real reality that we're in, but that is also the illusion, right? The illusion that is keeping us from the truth that we are, like you said, these powerful spiritual beings that are having this beautiful human experience. But when we daydream or when we go to sleep at night and have these nighttime dreams, we're able to tap into that, Right. There was this quote I read the other day. The only difference between the waking state and in the dream state is that we don't doubt ourselves while we're dreaming. Right. And that, and it could not be more, you know, evident with what I'm saying here. So I just want to encourage people to dive into this idea. And what I would add to the visitation dreams is we can learn to distinguish frequencies. Right. So when you do mediumship, my friend, I'm sure you can, you've started to experience, or you already are familiar with how different beings, different entities, whether they be higher forms of ourselves, our higher self, our divine presence, or other angels, other ancestors, they have a frequency, right? There's a different frequency. There's no, nothing physical, obviously, but there is an energetic frequency that they emit. We can tap into the same thing in the dreamscape, right? So what I would add to this is Dreams are so much more. They include these uh, visitation dreams in my experience as well. But there's there's also so much other things going on. But don't get don't worry about the complexity. Just focus in on tuning into the frequencies. Like for example, and I want to get your perspective on this, my friend. I've noticed that visitation dreams happen most commonly around a death, right? Around a transition, like we talked about before. And that's when grandma, grandfather, mom, dad will come into the dream at that point in time. So what you could do as an individual is, okay, what does my dad feel like? What does my mom feel like when I was around her? And now copy and paste that into the dreamscape. I'm like, oh, this is familiar. Does that resonate, friend? Yes. And I was going to say something too, in words of what you said about being in your frequency, I feel like it's like basking in your frequency yeah. when you're diving into the dream and you embrace it. Um, being able to realize that 
our doubt could be our greatest challenge. And if you remove that doubt and you embrace it and keep an open mind, it's like you're in the matrix <laughs> and you're taking the pill and you see all these pods and you're like, where have I been my whole it's life? How did metaphor. I not know? How did I know? Why is it at this stage of my life that I'm aware of these things? I'm going to give you one example. I know we're short on time, but synchronicity with times, angel numbers. You know, I learned those hugely during the pandemic. Like if you're thinking about somebody and it's three, 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 four, 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 two, two, two. Those are also a way that our spirit guides talk to us. Our deceased loved ones talk to us. Mm. Pay attention to those. That's not just coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, yeah, I can't, we could do so many little shows. I know there's so many things we can discuss. I I love it. It (laughs) it just means we'll do another episode, sir. But um, the, yeah, that you talked about nature, right. Being a representation of, God and love and divinity inside of us. It's the same thing through the signs in nature, right? Through the spirit animals, through the angel numbers, like you said. So yeah, it's just a beautiful reflection. Jason, I want to, I have one more question I want to hit on, and then I want to give you an opportunity to share some of your gifts and then we'll finish up the show. But uh, this is a big question. So we'll try and we'll see if we can answer it in a, in a time frame. but I, I want to ask you your opinion on, you know, looking into the future and cause I know, you know, we've talked about it today. You do perceive you have this premonition gift. What, what do you see in terms of this discussion that we've been having today about people awakening to their gifts, you know, this being a normal conversation rather than, you know, a woo woo over in the corner conversation. What do you see as a collective for us as beings, as spiritual beings, having a human experience, what do you see moving forward? Do you see this becoming more normal? Do you see people having more podcasts like this, for example? What what comes up when I ask that question? Great question and a great topic. I will say this. I think we're already starting to see this, a shift, a spiritual renaissance. I've been saying that for the last three or four years, and I believe we're on the cusp of it. We're not there yet because it's still more flow towards it. Meaning when you are putting on, like here in the United States, you put CNN on, I never in a million years during the pandemic would have imagined that CNN would take a pause breathing break to calm the audience during the heat of the pandemic. And everyone was talking about wellness and being open about mental health and being kind and taking steps to take care of yourself and self-love. That's stuff we would have never talked about before any of this. Right. And that's just a start. When you think about all the shared experiences that we're creating through each show we get on each topic each you know every podcast that becomes spiritual focused is one more podcast like a light in the sky a a star shining from above and the more of those that happen the more connected the more awareness we have we're sharing knowledge we're helping advance each other and advancing each and every one of us on the planet at the same time because of the connectivity we have with one another and because when you deal with desperate times you're going to have spirituality kind of be a guiding, like a lighthouse. Yeah. It's directing us through it all. Yeah. I love it. It is. And it, it really gives you hope, right? Because uh, yeah, just, I try and disconnect from everything happening with world events, but you know, a lot of people project that there's more to come and more, more is going to happen. And, you know, it gives me hope because that means that more of this is going to happen, that more of this is going to happen. Right. Yeah. I'm an optimist. Yeah. This is the polarity to it, right? This is, this is the negative happens. We need the negative, but we also need the positive. And this is an example of the positive. Jason, I want to, before I wrap this up and finish with the final question here, I want to now, what I do with 
beautiful mystical guests and and psychics and intuitives like yourself on the show i really enjoy and it's it, just to be honest I, I like it just from me harrison receiving it but i like sharing your gifts with everyone that's listening right and and what you do in the world so i'd love to throw you the mic to share if you want to do any kind of reading any kind of you know sharing with the audience what comes up when i ask you this question well, when you ask that question, I'm tuning into your energy right away Hit me because you're in front of me. And I'm going to tell you that you're expanding yourself in many ways in the next six months to a year and that there's challenges you're going to go through in the fall, but not to let that knock you down. And I also feel like you're meant to do what you're doing right now. And you already know this based on the ease and the way that things have guided you to take the path you're on right now. And that's going to continue. You're on a you're on a learning spurt right now, but the next three to four years, you're going to expand yourself. I wouldn't doubt if you don't write something, publish something, get something out there that has to do with this stuff, and where you'll educate yourself on it and write a book about it or get in collaboration. Um, I also think you're going to do a lot of traveling, um, giving seminars, or being involved with people giving seminars because I see you doing um, more than what you do already with the coaching stuff. You're going to actually get involved in like growth mindset stuff is the words I get off you. So you're going to help people who get stuck, get unstuck is basically in a simplistic way, the way I see your future coming together. And that's going to entail some international travel, as well as some local travel where you're at in Melbourne and across the East Coast of Australia. Is that the East Coast? Yeah, I think you're on the East Coast where most of the cities are. So you're going to be involved in this awakening process down in Australia, down under. And, but you're a part of a, of a larger whole and I think you noticed that. And I think because of all that, you're on a mission where you don't get tired when you work long hours doing this stuff. Like I don't get tired. This to us is our creative outlet. It's our ability to, to live in, in our true path. And when you're like that, you, it doesn't matter how many hours you spend doing it. It's the toil and the enjoyment of doing it because you know you're helping others. And that's what I see as your greatest strength is your ability to be intuitive as an empath, work with people, guide people through obstacles, helping others. That's your meaning and your purpose. And so, you know, anyone in the audience listening to your show, I feel like they're guided by you because your energy brings them along. Like just in our interview, I've been on a bunch of interviews. Your interview is very passionate. You care a lot about what you have to say. And I think your audience appreciates that. And I think that's also going to have a lot to do with your future path and your journey going forward. Thank you for that, my friend. That was beautiful. And I could, uh, just to share some of my gifts with you. So I receive all of that, but just to share some of my gifts with you, uh, all I could see in your outline as you were sharing with me was just this beautiful, radiant, uh, golden light of love coming off you as you were expressing all of your words. So I receive it, my friend. Thank you for that reading. Uh, and I'll just say this, <laughs> if my mom's listening, which she usually tunes into this show, when you said, when you said book, you know, my mom has been <laughs> just sharing. Uh, she's just been saying since I was, you know, a teenager that, that I feel I, cause she's, she's uh, intuitive, she's intuitive. And gifted, gifted in herself. Right. And she, that's, that's been the one thing that she's always said. So it's, it's going to be nice for her to hear it from you again. And I've heard it from other intuitives. So, um, thank I have you. to ask a question. Yeah. How do you get your mom to watch or listen to your podcast? Because I had had my mom on my show to talk about Woodstock to get her to listen to it. <laughs> she's not into the spiritual stuff, even though she's intuitive. So I make a joke about it. Congratulations. You get your mom to like listen to your show. My mom's like, oh, I listen to you all the time. I love you. And you're passionate about what you do. But my mom, yeah, she's not as uh, listening to podcast type thing. So that's great that you, you get that opportunity. 
I, I primed her, Jason. I primed her. I, <laughs> before I started my podcast, it was the thing I would regularly do. I'd listen to someone and then I'd, I'd send it to her. So she was, she was ready. She was ready for it. Uh, Jason, I want to be mindful of time and be respectful of your energy. I have one question to finish off with, but before I do, if people have been tuning into your energy, they love you know what you have to share, all of this beautiful guidance and your gifts. What are some things you want to share with my audience? I know you have your podcast. What? How can people get in touch with you? Absolutely. You can reach me on my website, thesocialpsychic.com. Um, I'm also that handle on Instagram, Facebook, um, LinkedIn, Jason Zook, TikTok, Jason Zook. I would just say my podcast, The Social Psychic Radio Show, which I'm going to have you on in the near future. Um, you can check that out on any platform. And I have a new show that I am in the process of launching called Psychic Visions. It's produced by Electrocast Media out of LA and my best friend, Megan Kane is on it. We're co-hosting it. And it's, it's, it's kind of a nice, it's, I can't say, it's an amazing opportunity when you can kind of work with your best friend <laughs> on a regular basis and create something with her. It's like, we, we joke around that the show's like our child that, cause she's married, our child we never had, but it, it's, it's a creative thing. And it, it's like with your show, you just have your own platform and, and having that, is such a benefit. So I would just encourage our audience to check out that stuff. And um, I'm really excited about this opportunity of sharing our conversation with your audience today. I love it, Jason. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah, I, I just, when you talked about sharing it with your friend, it's what we've been talking about here today, right? When you're in an act of love with another, which is one of the reasons we're here, right? We're not just here to be by ourselves. Like we've been saying, we are collective. Right? So when you're interacting with someone you love very much, you know, it's a gift that you can, that's good by itself. But when you can share that with an audience, like on a podcast, you know, people feel that love, people feel that exchange. I wanna, so I want to share one thing with you real quick. I, one of the things that you were talking about earlier that I, I didn't get a chance to, to, to add in was any reading I give people, I learn from all my readings. I learn from all my spiritual experiences. I learn from my podcast interviews because like, for example, I had cancer in 2018. When I had my cancer, I had like four people come to me who were dealing with cancer and it gave me insight. It's not about feeling bad for myself or being afraid. It's about healing myself, healing them. And I notice when it's an authentic session, when I work with somebody, I am always increased in my vibrational energy and I'm always happy after this interview, I'll probably be happy in the next four hours. Yeah. It's, so <laughs> it's, true. it's, 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 so it's true. just an upbeat experience. And, yeah. and that's what I think is the trade-off when you do spiritual stuff, you, you kind of don't get so tied down to the material of the world and you can look beyond and see everything for what it really is. Yeah. It's a blessing. Yeah. I love it. That's, you know, yeah, that's a whole other topic, but just to like, it shows it's, I love it though, but it shows. And it, cause a lot of my people, a lot of my beautiful guests, uh, you know, audience tuning in a lot are here to heal. Right. And that's how, you know, you found a powerful healer when they, are getting just as much out of it as you, right? Because it's an exchange of energy. The, the healer, the, the the doctor, the therapist, the coach doesn't just appear when you are ready, right? They appear when they are ready too. And it's an interchange of love, right? It's, yeah, I love it. Speaking of love, sir, my last question here today for you is this is the cosmic love antenna, right? And for me, a big mission of this of this show is to define and to help people see what the reality of what love actually is. And I'm wondering, my friend, how do you personally define that love word? All encompassing. It is the 
invisible force that binds us here and in the afterlife. It connects us internally. It's unlimited. It's around us in every way possible. We just have to be willing to receive it and accept it. And it's one of those things. It's like medicine. It's, it, it can, it can grow us. It can heal us. It could help us. It could, you know, if it's, if it's misused, it could hurt us. It could hurt others, but don't use it that way. Use it with the generosity of what it should be, which is unlimited, unconditional. It keeps us from judging one another. It helps us open our hearts to one another, our minds and our passions. And so to me, when you're really talking about love, you're talking about that perfect alignment between two people who don't look at each other's flaws, don't look at each other for what you could do for me or what I could do for you. But what can we do for society? What can we do for each other? What can we do for humanity? What can we do for each other's spirituality? I love it, sir. <laughs> a beautiful, a beautiful definition and a beautiful way to end this show. I love you very much, Jason. Thank you for thank spending. You. I love you too, sir. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> thank you for spending time with me today. Thank you for this dance that we've done with these spiritual gifts. Beautiful listeners out there in the podcast world. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for giving us your ears, your energy, and your heart. Until next time here on the show, I wish you a wonderful evening, morning, afternoon, wherever you are in the world. And we'll talk to you very soon. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Cosmic Love Antenna Podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Be sure to follow Harrison on Instagram, Twitter, and Clubhouse at Harrison Ma. That's Harrison, M-E-A-G-H-E-R. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonise your mind, body and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today.